weird being back here and hearing it like this. I know. Because it does sound differently. It sounds so different. It doesn't sound as good. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Kalita. Like I said, I thought I sounded really good. Like, I don't hate my voice anymore, but I think it might just be the recording that it Johnny does might for be. us. Johnny does it really, <laughs> really good. I'm just like, oh, I don't sound bad. Now I have a high-pitched whistle that keeps coming out. What is that? <laughs> And it's weird because you're closer to the mic at the library. I know. And here. I think he just does not turn our headphones up there. He probably doesn't. He's like, ah. He doesn't want to blow our eardrums out, whereas here we're just like. Or he's like, (laughs) I don't think I want to hear their voices either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Selah. And uh, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for coming back. So if the sound sounds a little bit different than it has been for the last couple of episodes, it's because we're actually back in the hometown. Actually, not the hometown. (laughs) At Kalina's place. Back in my condo. (laughs) Yeah. So we had some um, scheduling that we had to juggle around. So we are missing Johnny this week. And well, we're missing the library this week. Yeah. And we'll be back there for the next recording. So yeah, um, that's our goal. Yeah. To do most of them there. But we do have a backup in case, you know, we need to record an episode. Yeah. It's not yeah, because apparently <laughs> seven in the pot is not, or in the bank is not good enough for me, so. <laughs> no, we have to have more. I need more. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so do you have a quickie this week? I do have a quickie. Mm. So my quickie is, if you were to be part of a band, like a rock band, what would you, like, what part of it would you be, like, what would you do in the band? I don't want to say position. Mm. That's a weird, like, word. Mm. But oh. what would your what would you do in a band? I would be the manager behind the stage. <laughs> uh, how did I know you were gonna cheat and skip or something like that? Okay, but you have all the musical talent. I don't have any musical I'm talent. I'm saying you I do. Really have zero musical talent. <laughs> I'm saying you do. What would you want to do? You don't want to do it at no. all. I have tried. I did. I played keyboard. I played clarinet or kind of, you know, (laughs) some people might debate that. (laughs) Bass clarinet. I did a lot. And I just, it's just not, I definitely wouldn't sing that. Go fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I guess just like a guitarist would be fine. I don't know. It'd be like the silent bassist that like plays with their back to the crowd. Stands in a corner. (laughs) (laughs) With sunglasses on. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. It's not not high on my list, but I think I could manage a band pretty well. I think you would manage it very well. I think that'd be awesome. Well, when I start my band. Yes. I'll manage you it. You'll manage it. Because what I will do is I'll be the lead singer and the drum player. And what I'm going to do is put the drums up front in the middle and everybody else is going to be behind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's going to be ridiculous and... Ringo sings a lot of songs for the Beatles and he is their drummer. But he's back. I know what you're saying, that there have been drummers, oh, singers. Yeah. No, there definitely is. But I mean, like, I'm going to be the lead singer, mm-hmm. but my instrument's going to be the drum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be up in front. And all the guitarists and the basses and mm-hmm. the backup singers and everybody else is going to be mm-hmm. back there. So it's right. going to be epic. And 
silly. That would be silly for them to be behind you. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And they'd be to the side of you. I don't think it'd be behind me to the side of me. Okay. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Okay. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, I look forward <laughs> to, to, managing your, <laughs> to managing your band. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just me. Nobody else. Just drums and voice. Just drums and voice. <laughs> All right, so we read... Yes, um, what uh, in a Badger Way by Shelley Lawrenston and narrated by Charlotte Kane. So, yes. Off to Clitz. So, this was the second book in the Badger, Honey Badger Chronicle by mm-hmm. Shelley Lawrenston. And we read um, Hot and Badgered last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we wanted to, this one just came out this year. So, we wanted to read up on the second one and, and see if we enjoyed it as much as I personally enjoyed the first one. Yeah. I know you had a little less fun with it but <laughs> you were sick at the time I so. was um so in this book it's about Stevie which is she's the youngest of the McKilligan sisters the three half sisters that we met in the first book she's a project she was a child prodigy in both music and science um <coughs> has high anxiety disorder des- depression so she's she tries to manage her mental health with some therapy and medications, but it's hard because as a honey badger slash tiger hybrid, you know, her body metabolizes things and it's hard for her to kind of stay even keel. Um, she keeps getting into a lot of scrapes with like, you know, all the shit that their father puts them mm-hmm. through. And, you know, the first book, he comes back in the second <laughs> book and is a real asshole. <laughs> and that kind of stresses her out, sends her, because she's constantly convinced that uh, her sisters are going to kill her father. Because <laughs> they mm-hmm. want to. They straight mm-hmm. up want to kill their father. Mm-hmm. But they don't for her sake, because she doesn't hate him the way that they hate him. But so in the second book, she starts spending time with Shen, the giant panda and security guard that mm-hmm. is. Uh, Mm-hmm. protecting Kyle, one of her prodigy friends, who's a artist and from the Jean-Louis Parker family of all child prodigies, mm-hmm. apparently. And she and Shen uh, develop a sexy time feelings. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And then they fall in love. And uh, I can't tell you the plot. <laughs> Because there's a lot. Basically, the story is them getting together, obviously. That's what most of these books are. It's sure. the happy it's ending the coupling. for each couple, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of side stories about Scottish uncles who were stolen from in the first book coming over to America because there's a funeral and an aunt who kills everyone and, yeah. and people getting blown up and some guy who's trying to get rid of hybrids because he hates them. He's a full shifter and he's trying to undo genetically hybrid so that they aren't freaks because everyone's afraid of stevie because mm-hmm. she's a two-ton badger <laughs> tiger badger <laughs> two-ton tiger badger i mean um, i was scared of her that was intense man you definitely don't want to become <laughs> her chew toy no <laughs> but yeah so there's a lot of that but then there's most of the book is just funny interludes of like shen and uh stevie hanging out or hanging out with other people and like Building a friendship, building, building a relationship, relationship mm-hmm. and Stevie trying to kind of become a little bit more grounded through activities, exercise, friends, this, you know, like all the things that she 
kind of missed out on growing up as a child prodigy and trying to find that in later life. And uh, yeah, I mean, we could spend five days probably <laughs> going over the plot of the book and I still don't think I'd get it right. I am. Um, I mean, I definitely had an easier time listening to this one. I wasn't really sick listening to it and mm-hmm. coughing, but I, I didn't know what the plot was. I just couldn't wrap my brain around what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things happening. I mean, obviously the important thing was between Stevie and Shen and that was a cute relationship. They're yeah. fucking adorable. But at the same time, I don't, I couldn't really tell you what this story was about. <laughs> yeah. There seemed to be three background plots simultaneously. And one got wrapped up. Like in the first book, one got wrapped up too. And. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was the. Well. Uh, because there's the, the family stuff just seems to be a, a pass through through all the books. Yeah. And that's kind of ongoing. But in this one, it was the hybrid, the guy trying to kill hybrids. Or okay. Or change hybrids. And that, like. Yes. We, fi- we find out, like, very early in the book, they're finding the bodies of dead hybrids mm-hmm. that aren't changing back into human form. So they know they're being genetically fucked with. Mm-hmm. And they don't know who's doing it. And they they have an idea. They think it's this one scientist and they want to use Stevie to get information out of him because she dated him in her past. And she think, you know, they think that maybe he'll brag to his ex-girlfriend. So that's how she gets involved. And then she gets kidnapped and then it's all this stuff. And eventually, but that all gets wrapped up by the end of the book. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's the book story. Okay. That's bigger than just her and Chen. But so then it's there's the, it's the episode within the series. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This is the episode about... A shifter trying to genetically alter hybrids because he hates hybrids. Mm -hmm. That's the episode. (laughs) Now, is a hybrid, we sort of talked about this Mm -hmm. in the first book, is a hybrid between two different species because they're all human ish, Mm -hmm. but is it, is the hybrid like what they are? So then Max is not a hybrid. No, she's a full blown honey badger because her dad and mom were both honey badger shifters. I see. But Charlie is honey badger wolf. And uh, Stevie is Honey Badger Tiger. Mm -hmm. And then we meet a couple others. We meet, like, I forget what the Russian guy is. He's, like, Tiger and Polar Bear or something. (laughs) Lion and Polar Bear or something. Yeah, we did meet some lions this time. I think it is something like that. Yeah, so we meet a couple different ones. I mean, it's really interesting in that it felt like there were a lot of inter- species couples Mm -hmm. like their best friends her cousin one of the cousins livy is a honey badger but her husband is a hybrid Mm -hmm. he's a bear and something else and then there's a human with a wolf so that would i would think their offspring would be maybe just let like half shifter i don't know we didn't get (laughs) it i was always confused about that part I don't know. It's not, you know. Eh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. But the big the big thing is the hybrids are two species that are together. And then you never know how they're supposed to change. In the first book, we got told that in all previous hybrids, the honey badger genes always went out. And the children are honey badgers. Okay. But Frank McKilligan, these girls' father, is so fucking apparently awful and the worst and like a biggest loser ever mm-hmm. that his genes have fucked gone and fucked mm-hmm. them all up mm-hmm. and so they aren't even full honey badger even though they should be <laughs> like stevie or yeah stevie is an anomaly like yeah there's no like she's bigger than even tigers are mm-hmm. so why does a honey badger and a tiger make something that's even bigger right. and her tail's like a fucking knife <laughs> and a hand and I mean it's prehensile mm-hmm. it grabs things but it can also it cut through three people at one She's point her tail freaky. cut through three people mm-hmm. like that's not so so whatever that is it's like not even yeah 
It's not just the combination of honey badger and tiger. That's something extreme. That is definitely something. And then Charlie can't even shift. Right. You know, she's a wolf and honey badger, but she doesn't shift. She can occasionally get like claws and teeth, but mm-hmm. not full full body shift. And mm-hmm. she can't see or hear. She or no, she can hear. She has bad eyesight and allergies. Those are things that shifters shouldn't have. <laughs> So stuff like that. So I mean, but it's interesting. So yeah. yeah. So the uh, it's hard to describe the whole plot. It, sure. We get real in the weeds if I try you know, no. try to do nuances of it. But I think overall, <laughs> it's an interesting story because we've got a lot of family and friend dynamics, mm-hmm. societal dynamics. Because it's like it's a metaphor, I think, for interracial. Yes. Is all of these you know species, species and certain certain. things, certain groups seem to really have problems with them. Like there was the lion pride that really can't stand hybrids and mm-hmm. they just mate between the lines but then the women once they're done mating having kids having offspring they go and marry outside of the mm-hmm. pride because they like other men but they just <laughs> won't have kids with them and that just is like that's okay weird i don't <laughs> know what i think about that you know and so there's yeah. a lot of different you know the hybrids sometimes fit in better if they're things that you can see in the wild like there was a liger yeah a lion and a tiger yeah. and that exists Mm -hmm. they're not natural but they do occasionally happen they're infertile too yeah what is the word they are um sterile sterile yeah yeah and yeah 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 so that's the story yeah it's just another way of of talking about uh, interracial Mm -hmm. type of well and so many of these characters are yeah mixed race yeah or and the great thing is yeah and the great thing is is they don't like that's just a a description that's all mm-hmm. it is, which is all it should be, mm-hmm. if it's even needed. Mm-hmm. But the, the the underlying issue is uh, the crossbreeding of <laughs> the animals uh-huh. in them, which yeah. I think is real funny. Yeah. But so I, what I liked about the beginning of this book was the relationship with the grandfather. Because he is, so is he Frank's dad or is he Charlie's mom's dad? Charlie's mom's dad. Okay, so then he so took in the- He's a wolf from a wolf pack and he has a daughter uh, and I don't remember Charlie's mom's name. Okay. It's from the first book and it's very, I think it's said once. But mm-hmm. um, she went off and got knocked up by Frank Killigan. Frank? You were saying Frank and I don't know if that sounds right. Or- yeah, it is Frank. James? No. I don't know now. Freddie? Freddie! Freddie. It's Freddie. I knew Freddie. When you said Frank, I was like, that doesn't sound Freddie quite right. Freddie. It's Freddie. So she went and dated and got knocked up by this honey badger, Freddie, then ended up taking on his other children from other relationships mm-hmm. over the course of time. She adopted them, so she was raising all three girls, and then she got killed. And they had nowhere to go, because one, they're honey badgers. No one really particularly <laughs> likes honey badgers, <laughs> even other honey badgers. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and two... Half of them are hybrids, and they were 12, 11, and 8 at the time. Yeah. So they went to her, her, her maternal grandfather and, okay. and lived with their pack. Because in the be- the first book, it sort of seemed like he was really reluctant to have them. But in this book, at the beginning of this book, when they kind of flash back to when they were a little bit younger, it actually shows that he actually loved these girls, mm-hmm. and he took mm-hmm. care of them, and... He was, like, proud of Charlie and yeah. things like that. And you didn't really get that in the beginning of, or in the first book, but well, in this one you did. It was when really they cool. show up, he's not the alpha. He's the beta of the tribe, or okay. um, pack. He's mm-hmm. the beta of the pack. And he's concerned because he knows the alpha won't take him. Right. Because that, that alpha hated hybrids. And only one of them is even blood. By the, the pack, by blood, the other two aren't at all wolves at all. But remember, they... <laughs> 
he wanted to meet them and he didn't wanted to do it alone. And so they like attacked him or something, no, right? They punched each other and then made it look like he punched oh, that's Charlie. Right. Max punches Charlie in the face with a rock that's and breaks right. her face and then breaks his hand. Yes. And throws the rock away and then they start crying. <laughs> and every, all the adults come out and it looks like this full-grown alpha adult wolf punched a 12-year-old girl right. in the face. That's right. And so the pack runs him off. They That's didn't like right. him anyway. And this was just the perfect excuse to be like, fuck <laughs> you, asshole. You punched a child. <sighs> and so then her grandfather does become the alpha at that point. But yeah, so that first, he's very skeptical at first because mm-hmm. he's just like, I don't know what I can do for you guys. Yeah. Because he, d- he didn't think he'd be able to keep them all. Mm-hmm. He was, and he said he would leave the pack if he had to. But okay. in the end, yeah, we, but that was like the only snippet we really got of them. So it, mm-hmm. did, it didn't feel as loving. Yeah. But in this book, we do get, <laughs> we get a couple more. Yeah, we get that scene where he, you know, helps them save Stevie mm-hmm. or like he lets the girls know how to save Stevie and he yeah. makes sure that they're safe. Yeah. I love it when they, the expressed emotions of certain characters that you don't really think you're going to be getting to know too much. Mm-hmm. So to know that the grandfather was there for them and loved them mm-hmm. and wanted to, I mean, in, even though he expressed that a little bit in the first book, really it's got more, a good yeah. chunk of it here in the beginning of this book. And I really loved it. Mm-hmm. But Well, and I think that's part of the strength of these books is, and it can be challenging and we can get to that point, but there's a lot of characters and it is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, their relationships get very tangled. There's, so like as with a lot of animals and like they live in groups where there's different lines of you know relationships like the prides all seem to be they're the women you know most lion prides are women and then outside males because mm-hmm. they don't want to ha- intermate but so the males once they grow up have to leave their mom's pride and mm-hmm. go to someone else but you know in this book we find there's two young lion males yep. that refuse to do that <laughs> and so they're breaking all of the conventions and and stuff like that. so there's a lot of like the families are huge the animals tend to have lots of kids mm-hmm. some animals not pandas obviously <laughs> We'll talk about that. <laughs> but oh, so there's, you know, there's all these cousins and relationships and, and, and it, it can be hard. And mm-hmm. like the names get really confusing and stuff. But I think it's interesting because it is a lot more, it's a really developed world. Like they have their sports center and they have their doctors and they have like, there's certain places to go for each of the um, shifters in this world. And I think it's really, it's well built. It just can be, you're like, wait, yeah that and one of their relation Mm -hmm. again yeah the introduction to new people or the people from you know that have been there before it's just a little convoluted it's a lot to take on Mm -hmm. and i mean can we first Mm -hmm. can we talk about the thing that yeah (laughs) that makes it harder makes it really hard so the first book was narrated by Tracy Odom, and we liked it. This second book is narrated by a woman, Charlotte Kane, and I think it is quite a bit less successful. <laughs> I don't. Part of it, I think, is her voice. Um, it's not bad. It's slow, mm-hmm. and her speech pattern is languid. And this is a snappy dialogue book where there's like fast quips and in, you know sassy smart, characters, sassy and- characters, and smart mm-hmm. jokes. Like we've got an entire family of prodigies that are throwing around fucking Russian literature jokes. Mm-hmm. But everything's being said in a very languid and slow voice. 
And so in the first book, the first narrator is very quick and like, uh-huh. you know, the different characters have their different voices and they're snappy and stuff. And this, I actually went back and re-listened to the first book partway because I was like, we, you know, we started the second book and I, I immediately texted you and I was like, I something's wrong with this narrator. <laughs> something's up. And then I wasn't enjoying the book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, is it the book? Is she not writing it as well? Like, do I just not like this writing as much as I liked it the first time? Yeah. Or is it the narrator? And sometimes listening to books, that's hard to parse. Yeah. You can't tell what it is that you're not liking. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to it twice, and I listened to the first book, and I figured it out. And I really do think that this narrator does a disservice. Yeah, when I when you told me about it, as I started listening to it, I was like, yeah, there's something that she does at the end of her sentences, where she just kind of, like, drops down, like... I can't. I can't do it. I have. Mm-mm. I have no way to do what she does. But it's almost kind of like she gives up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she's running a marathon for the sentence, and then when mm-hmm. she gets to the end, she just drags. They're all like I keep saying. I keep using the term like she like the, she swallows the end of her sentence. Yeah, because yeah, they yeah. don't finish. They somehow go away in her throat. <laughs> it's weird, and I don't know. It's hard to explain. And like that's you know that could be fine for some books. I just don't think it's good for humor. Mm-hmm. I think maybe something a little bit more of memoiry, perhaps. Not sure. a funny memoir, but like a sad one. <laughs> Something, something's gloomy and sad, maybe. But um, also, I struggled, and I don't, you know, I don't want to. Oops, but whatever. <laughs> I don't want to like uh, be too mean or anything. Sure. But she started off trying to do a couple different voices, and by the end of the book, she is not differentiating voices. No, at it was all. hard to tell. And so many of these characters are women. And it doesn't seem like a lot of the, like, dialogue is, it's not highlighted, like, and then Livy said, blah, 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 blah. And then Stevie responded, da, 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 da. Those aren't those keys Mm -hmm. in the book. So that, because, like, reading it, you'd be able to, you know, figure out who's Mm -hmm. talking a little bit easier. But when she's saying it and she's not differentiating voices, you have a string of dialogue, of, of, you know, interaction that you're just like, was that two people talking or just right. one person saying a lot of things? Right. <laughs> it is very, very hard to differentiate. And it's one of those things where it's like, we appreciate the audiobook so much because it's so much easier for us with yeah. our schedules and uh, comprehension or whatever. But there are times where it's like, maybe we should have read the book on this one because mm-hmm. it would be easier for us to understand it. Because then you could create your own voices. Well, and seeing the names repeated would, I think, mm-hmm. also help trigger memories versus hearing them. Sometimes you're just like, wait, who is who? What? Huh? Yeah. I think so, she could do great in different types of books. Yeah. And I don't, it wasn't a voice that's like, oh, that is unlistenable. Right. It's not that. It was just, I don't think she was doing service to the the humor that we know Shelley Lawrenson yeah. writes with. Yeah. Because the this... first book fucking cracked me up. Yeah. <laughs> and the second one, I'm sitting there listening to scenes that should be fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I'm going, why isn't this funny? And I didn't have as much problems. Like, I understood what you meant, but the voice and I get it. And that bothered me, but probably obviously not as much as it's bothering you. Oh, yeah. It got But um, I did find, mainly because I had a harder time with the first book, I did find the humor in this one. And I was laughing a lot oh, in good. a lot of the parts. So there were funny parts of this book that There's I was just... fucking... I loved off, it. Pandas are hilarious. Yeah. Did you say Shen was a giant panda? Yes. Okay. He's a, Shen is a giant he's panda. He's a giant panda. Well, and... I think maybe okay. Let's let's say this. Since she's got such a a voice that just kind of draws at the end, maybe it's because pandas are slow animals. So it could be like, hey, you got a perfect voice for panda shifter book. 
I'm wondering that too. It See, it's hard be. to say because it's only book two, so we don't yeah. know if she's just the new narrator for this series, right? Or if Max going to be a different, voice. or if we're going to get a different one with a third. And this was supposed to be Stevie's voice, right? In which case, they didn't do a good one mm-hmm. for Stevie because Stevie is a uh, she can be pretty like almost manic in, when she's active and creative, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's and she's got anxiety, so she gets really strong, high strung, and having a languid lackadaisical voice yeah. is not like that. Mm-hmm. Granted, yes, pandas are pretty slow, and Shen was pretty ambly and slow, but he doesn't have the... Mo- the, the book isn't him. Right. The book is Stevie. It's Stevie's book. It's just... So, I don't know. I would say to Shelley that when she's writing her third book, if she has any control, I would not choose Charlotte Kane again. Yeah. I would say go with this pattern you're doing and find a Get different a narrator. third one, yeah. And then when you write the fourth book, they all have different dialogue and you can get all three of them together and it'll be a clusterfuck of fun. No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, it just, it was hard. It was a different listen because I was like really psyched for this. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to read the next Badger book because that fucking, I think it was just when we read it, we were in kind of a funk maybe. We had read a lot of like down books and I was like, if I don't get a fucking book that Mm -hmm. takes itself, that is funny and doesn't take itself seriously, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Because sometimes some of these romance books can be a little too serious. Yeah. And I like the ones that are really fucking like, I'm writing about giant pandas. Yeah, It's going to be funny, yeah. bitches. And I think that it is. I think that this book is there. It's if really just funny. Listen to, if you just listen to the book without the narration. Okay, that doesn't make sense. You, read, if the you read the book. <laughs> if you read the book, I think it would have been, it would have yeah. came out differently for us. I really do, too. I think it, it, it yeah. this, everything that I struggled with, I think, was a narration versus an actual, like, I don't think there's problems with the book. Yeah. I even think, like, some of the confusion of the plot would go away if you read it. Probably. Because it would just be, I just think part of it was, like, at one point, I was just like, is she even, I, I could not tell what she was doing. <laughs> Voice Towards, like, the end. Towards the end, I was yeah. just like, it's just like reading the book verbatim, like, verbatim without With, any character. And just, like, a any line without any apostrophes or commas. It's just... <laughs> or positive. Like, yeah. Reading it. Yeah. It was... <laughs> mm-hmm. oof, it was tough. <laughs> but, we should, you know, that... Okay. So, that was our negative. <laughs> but there were definitely, like, some of the... Setting that aside, if you want to talk about or listen to the funny parts of the book, they were funny. I mean, I was giggling There's a lot. Hilarity. Mm-hmm. Like Shen, at least three times, I think, in the book, chases out other animals just by eating bamboo annoyingly. <laughs> yes. He just eats bamboo as a human. As a human. That is one of the things that's fun in this, is her characters really blur the line. Like, yeah. they are humans most of the time. Some of them shift more frequently than others. Like, mm-hmm. Max seems to always spend her evenings yeah. as a badger, running around stealing honey and shit, chasing cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they spend their days human, but they still do their animal thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Shen eats bamboo all the time. Mm-hmm. And on trees. <laughs> hanging upside down in trees, eating bamboo, <laughs> laying on the couch with a bamboo stuck in his mouth. Yeah. He falls asleep, wakes up, and starts eating it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm very bamboo-ass at those things. parts. They're just so, <laughs> so funny. Cute. The honey badgers eat snakes. Yeah. Just in the middle of a bar (laughs) during their, you know, wake for their dead uncle, somebody unleashes a box full of snakes, and as humans, they start picking them up and eating them (laughs) because they're honey badgers. It's so great. 
crazy. So they kind of like blur that line mm-hmm. where they stay human but have aspects of their animal. Their teeth come out and their claws come out, but they still are humans. I like it. I love it. I love it. I think that's so cool. I think another cool thing is, is that while there are like animal shifters, you can still have pets too. So you have the dog. So Benny is still in there mm-hmm. with this girl. What's this girlfriend's name again? Artemis. Artemis, and then there's this, like, new cat mm-hmm. that Max is always chasing around and getting into a fight with. So, like, it's just like Mickey Mouse has Pluto. Yeah. It, uh, he's he's yeah. a mouse, but he's got character and dialogue versus Pluto's a dog. I know. And then you've got... We've <laughs> got animal shifters. And then animals. But then just straight animals. It's great. I think it's so cool. No, it's, it's really very cool. fun. Yeah. It's a fun series. I really, really, really like it. And yeah. And that's, you know, it's, yeah. it's so much... And the relationship growing between Stevie and Shen, I think, are fucking adorable. So, you guys, setting aside it, or if you're not as picky as we are about narrators, when you listen to it, or if you read it, the relationship between those two is, it's, it's probably, it's one of my favorites, because it's so cute. Because Stevie is, she's so smart that she doesn't have common sense sometimes. Oh, not good so. at all. <laughs> she has very poor people skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, better people skills than the other the other uh, two. No, I think Charlie has really good people skills. Okay. She just chooses to beat people up a lot of times. Sure. When she wants <laughs> to. Like, she gets along very well with the, like, you know, the bear leader and stuff when she wants to. Mm-hmm. She hates the wolf people, so she yeah. doesn't get along with them. Okay. She can't fake it, but she has good people skills. Whereas, I was going to say, Stevie has better people skills than the other prodigies. Because that oh. whole family has fucking... The, that is true. Whatever their name is. I, I named it once, and that was the all I was going to be able Sean... to go. Louis Parker. Yes. <laughs> the John Louis Parker family are just arrogant assholes. Yeah. Because they're so smart. They're so smart. And she's got, like, that little piece of her that's missing that's a little bit human in a sense of, like, just being normal with people. So, like, in this book, throughout, she's, like, trying to find regular activities to do and make friends and and stuff like that. And Shen is helping her with this. And so, obviously, he's grown and attracted. Well, he's, he was attracted to her from the first book. And she was in love with him in the first book because he was just a big cuddly panda that she was, like, she not just, scared of. She wasn't she scared of him. Because pandas don't eat people. <clears throat> right. So, <laughs> so he was the only bear she liked because the other bears eat people. They were scary. And the polar bear was racist. <laughs> I'm not racist. <laughs> Panda's not a race. Um, the different activities and things that they start to do together. So he does take her out on a day and people just sort of like force this, not force in a bad way, but sort of like put into fruition this relationship that's there, but yeah, not there. Yeah, they already, they like, it gets named before it's he's official. Before or he's like, official. And part of it is everyone else, but also part of it is Stevie. Mm-hmm. She's pretty much decided and made up her mind very early on, and so she starts saying things like, "Yeah, we're good. we're dating. Of course, yeah. you're my boyfriend." Yeah, this is my and boyfriend. And he's like, "No, no, Wait. we're not. What are you talking about?" <laughs> I just like he's like doesn't know what she just. She just it. says it. She they, when they go to his sister's house, she tells all the neighbors yeah. that she's his girlfriend. <laughs> and he's like, what? Why are we you? haven't discussed this. So it's one of those, like, he's not opposed to it. And we keep getting all the insight where he's, like, getting jealous when other guys are talking yeah, to yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he can't, he just really is afraid when she's not around because he doesn't know if she's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not, by no means is this against his will or anything. You right. Know, he is interested, but he, it's just like... He's like, we have not sat down and had that conversation. <laughs> you cannot just tell people that you're my girlfriend. It's awesome because everybody's just kind of putting things in place. Like, Charlie would say something about, 
them dating and he's like Wait, oh, oh and she's like yeah or like max would say yeah your girlfriend and then uh <laughs> He's like, she's not my girlfriend. And then then Stevie will say something like, I am your girlfriend. And it's just, it's funny. It's really Mm -hmm. funny and really well written, putting all of those, I guess, that dynamic together. Mm -hmm. But it also, it really does start to bring them closer. I think, obviously, Shen then starts to accept it. And he's like, okay. I mean, he tells her he loves her in his sleep. I know. And it's He's dreaming about that boo. I know. And he's like, eh, stop, Stevie, give me back my bamboo. And <laughs> of course I love you, Stevie. Now give me my bamboo. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. And of course she hears it. Uh-huh. And so she's like, I love you too. She's like, like later oh, in the day, and he's just too. like, what? <laughs> in front I of his sisters, I think. Right? Like, did you tell her you loved her? I mean, and he's like, obviously no, that I came from something. Don't, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's so, oh, they're so cute. And yeah, like all the family dynamics is Mm -hmm. really cute Mm -hmm. because it comes across as they have never really liked any of Stevie's boyfriends. Charlie, we learned from the first book, and she's just like that in the second book, is highly overprotective. Like, almost to the point of, uh, back off a little right, bit. Right, right. Like, like, she doesn't Ma- want Max to eat snakes. Yeah, <laughs> Max is a full-blown honey badger, and all the other honey badgers are eating snakes, oh. and she's like, don't you dare eat a snake! And I'm like, why, why can't Max eat a snake? Let her eat that's, a snake. That's what honey badgers do. They eat snakes. <laughs> they like snakes. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. so she can be overly protective. And it does seem as if they've had problems with Stevie's boyfriends in the past. Mm-hmm. She's had some bad relationships, it seems. But they just jump on board this fucking Shen thing real fast. Yeah. They're just like, well, of course you're dating. Here, you take her. You're her boyfriend now. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, what? wait, what? what? <laughs> yeah, he's just standing here. Like, but he does, I mean, he ta- He goes with, I mean, as much as he says, no, that's not what's happening. He still is like doing what he needs to do to well, either. from the very, very first, well, not the first scenes, because the first scenes are like flashbacks. And stuff, mm-hmm. But from the first scene in the book that is them, she's hiding in a closet because, or in a cabinet, because, because the bears, bears are, are in her house uh-huh. he could just walk away and leave that he has no obligation here he's only hanging out because he's watching kyle the young you know prodigy, prodigy that happens to be living with them for some reason because he's a friend of stevie's and no one else likes kyle <laughs> so he this is the only place he can live so shen's there to watch him as as his bodyguard he could just walk away from the mm-hmm. situation but instead he gets the bamboo he chases away the bears Stevie's still freaking out. He helps Kyle take her over to his house. I mean, yeah. he does all like all of this without any reason. So obviously, yeah. he is he's protecting her from the very beginning. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did mention that in the in the first book how he was interested in dating her or something, mm-hmm. didn't he? Something like that. Like, he no, maybe... I think somebody else said that. Oh, okay. Well, they kept pointing out. <laughs> The sisters kept pointing out to Stevie that she Just makes stop, him uncomfortable. Stop petting the panda bear. <laughs> it makes his penis <laughs> hard. Making his dick hard. <laughs> uh, it's the best. Oh, well, I mean, speaking of the sex in this was real good. Yeah, we got more sex in this one than we did in the first. Yes, one. we did. Yeah, we got some good sex yes. scenes. Yeah, very fun mm-hmm. shower, bad floor. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed yeah. them. I liked how it, when the shower scene started, she's like, "I'm gonna go take a shower," and he's like, "Cool, I'll be out here." And so <laughs> <laughs> she goes and turns the water on, like undresses, and she's about ready to get in the shower, and he's like getting ready to sit down and like watch TV and eat bamboo or something. He's like, "Wait, what the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> And then he gets up and he goes and takes a shower with her. He's like, duh. And this is after they'd already had sex yeah, the first time. Yeah, yeah. But 
it's just it's real funny it's just like wait a minute yeah because he totally he's like i'm not gonna be doing this he's like i'm just gonna sleep on the couch here and she's like okay and then he's like wait that's dumb (laughs) i could have sex instead That was cute. I do like, though, that he, I think from the, the first scene, he does mention that he's a silent type. He's not a talker during sex. He just wants to fuck. Yeah. No, in the very, in the first sex mm-hmm. scene, he was like, well, he doesn't say it. It's in his head. He's like, I can't, okay, I can't talk head. during sex mm-hmm. or I can't tell her what to do, but hopefully she'll pick up on the cues. Cause Which he, is great. That's the oh, type of guy you talk. and I like. Shut don't, the fuck up while we're fucking. <laughs> And don't ask me a bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> and she does. Uh, I think I think it's the third one where she teases him and she does talk a lot during one mm-hmm. of the sex scenes where she just like describes a couple of different things mm-hmm. and he's just like, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's no, real it's, awesome. Uh, they're very good sex scenes. Yeah. That, there's something about shower scenes when they're described and when you're thinking about it. It's real hot. Like, it's real good. It's just not so much in real life. I don't know. She even says that in the book. She does. You're She's right. Like, she did. Because in the so movies and in, books. Yeah. yeah. He gets in and he, he gives her oral. And then she's like okay, that was great. Uh, you know, she appreciated it, but she's like, I really want sex. And she's like, and she, sex in the shower always looks good in movies and TV, mm-hmm. but it's so much more awkward in real life. Mm-hmm. So she drags him out to the bedroom yeah. for actual yep. sex. And it's like... Now that's realistic. That's, yeah. That's like, all right, let's... And then we'll get back in the shower. Cause yeah. <laughs> then we can go clean ourselves off. Because <laughs> we need more like dry, like stable surfaces, I think is very important mm-hmm. for sex. And the shower's just all slick <laughs> verticals. Uh, and there's no horizontals. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, that's, yeah. That's, uh, that was good. I liked, yeah, <laughs> I liked that a lot. They're very good. And I do have to admit that I'm not, I mean, I'm, okay, I don't know how else to say this. I'm not really attracted to Asian dudes. Mm-hmm. I don't hate them. I used to, I was with the guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think there are very many, many attractive Asian guys out there. I just haven't found like a really... Well, I'm married now, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But who did you... Did you have somebody that you pictured or did you just look at the cover and was like, he's good enough? No, I didn't like the cover. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, didn't match. Because I didn't think he looked big enough. Yeah, because he's supposed to be bulky. Yeah. Like, real big. Well, the guy I envision is not at all. He's uh-huh. actually smaller than the guy on the cover. <laughs> but I like lean. Mm-hmm. Like, really, like Bruce Lee lean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't I don't know how to say his name, or actually I don't even really remember, but I think it's like Takeshi something. I was... To, it starts with a K. <laughs> and he played in um, House of Flying Daggers as okay. the undercover person well i guess i can't tell you which one they are because they were all undercover but um god he's beautiful i sent you the picture of him oh yeah he was a he was attractive i was picturing i cannot remember his name but he i think he was in one of the fast and furious movies Oh, yeah, he kept coming back and forth. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Was he the one that was with Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot? Gadot. That's how you say her name? I don't know. <laughs> you're like, who is that? <laughs> Gadot. <laughs> in the Fast and Furious movie? In movies? which one? Oh, was there more than one Asian in that movie? Oh, I, mean, I don't. There's too many of the movies, so know. I'm not going to be able to tell you very quickly. I'm not a car person, so I hated those movies. Oh. I liked the originals. Yeah, the originals one. are always. Bad. I really like the first one. The first one made me happy, but 
you know, uh, I'm not going to be able to find it, so I'm not going to look for it. But anyway, I'm sure somebody knows who I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah. So I was picturing, because he's a little bit bigger, Mm -hmm. and he had longer hair, which I really like. Yeah. Kind of the more shaggy. Yeah. But yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard. I liked it. He was attractive mm-hmm. in my head. Oh, yeah. It was very hot. For sure. And, yeah. There were also times where I swear Charlotte said Chen. And then possible. I... Possible. It's super possible. Yeah. It was really weird. And then I would go back and erase it in my sticky notes because I didn't have my book uh-huh. with me. And then she'd say it again. It'd be Shen. And then a couple of hours later, it'd be Chen again. I'd be like, <laughs> what? What's his name? I want to know what his name is. I like... Yeah. No. Shen. I think it's Shen. It is Shen. Yeah. So, should we do our kiss and tell? Or did you have something else to bring up? Um, well, I think, I mean, we touched on it, but I think it's important. This book has, you know, so so Stevie has the anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So, she's treating it with therapy and medicine. And at the beginning of the book, her medicine's not working. Because she's a honey badger and medicine doesn't always work. So... <laughs> She gets, you know, as part of this deal with, I don't know, lots of weird backstory. Anyway, she (laughs) ends up going to a new therapist. Like, this lady sends her to a new therapist. And she sends the sisters, too. So both uh, Charlie and Max go with her. And they just wait for Stevie to get out of her appointment. But (laughs) this lady was like, no, you all need therapy. (laughs) So she sent all of them off to their own Mm -hmm. therapist and, like... We know from the book, at least Charlie goes back and she is getting, you know, prescriptions for something. And, and I think it's really, you know, they're addressing mental health. Mm-hmm. And like these girls have had a hard life mm-hmm. and they lived a lot of trauma. They watched Charlie's mother killed at a very young age mm-hmm. and then were abandoned. Like Stevie was abandoned by her mom. Mm-hmm. Her mom just straight up dropped her off, said she was going to be back in a couple hours and then never came back again. Yep. So there's yep. abandonment issues there. <sighs> Max is just crazy. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, she is. But so there's, you know, and they're they're dealing with it. And I think it's nice to see in a book, you know, that there's no stigma on it. Like the sisters yeah. are very open about it. And like, yeah, you know, even Charlie's like, I'm sure I probably need some help, but I just don't have time. And the, right. the therapist is like, oh, no, <laughs> you need time. <laughs> like, and she does. She got help. She got medication. And it was, yeah. Because yeah, you can't control the world. Right. You have to learn how to live with it mm-hmm. and not control it. Mm-hmm. So that, that was fun. But one of the things that Stevie's therapist told her is that she needs exercise and friends yes (laughs) and as a child prodigy she hadn't had a good social like outside of her two sisters which isn't even the best social well no they're fighting all the time (laughs) because her and max have a terrible they have their i mean they have a great relationship but also a bad one (laughs) well they they will always have each other's back but but that's because they're sisters but they're all like physically fighting they're always kicking each other's asses and that's that's not great so she goes and gets friends and i think that like friends is important and is very good for mental health it really is especially if you don't have the means or time or whatever for therapists you at least still Mm -hmm. have your friends and whether or not they have good advice Mm -hmm. they are someone to talk to Mm -hmm. but they also just are something outside of family or work that is good for you you know Mm -hmm. like it gives you a place to go and people to talk to and you know and then I think it's hard as adults, but I luckily just have all my high school friends and <laughs> just kept those. <laughs> I, I would say that's probably where it's at. I have one middle school friend that I'm still real close to. That's Peggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you and Emily. Mm-hmm. And whenever she comes into town. Yep. You know? Yeah, I would say you guys are my, my close-knit to where it's mm-hmm. like, it's the forever thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the forever thing. And it's going to be, um, I have no end to that sentence. Okay. <laughs> 
just gonna be. It's just it gonna be. It's just That's gonna be. Just gonna be. Yeah. yeah. I, like, make friends with people I work with sometimes. Sure. And they come and they go. And, you know, that happens. That's mm-hmm. part of work. I mean, no one stays anywhere forever except for me. Who's <laughs> 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 been at my jobs mm-hmm. 14 and thir- 11 years. That's <laughs> awesome. Between the two. But, yeah, at the end of the day, if you don't have an outside support system, I think it can be really hard. Yeah. And so that's why yeah. I'm really grateful for it. And that yeah, it was fun watching Stevie make friends. Because by the end of the book, she goes from, like, really not having any friends, mm-hmm. except this Kyle kid who's 17 and just yeah. hangs around. Yeah. That's not a full-blown friendship. No. That's like a little brother. Mm-hmm. To she has a best friend, Ariana, Kyle's sister. She joins a soccer team mm-hmm. for both camaraderie and exercise, and she joins a band she of other prodigies. Because <laughs> she's a music and a science prodigy. Yeah. So it's like all of a sudden she has all this support. She has Shen now, and yeah. it's really, I think it's healthy. It is it's super healthy. And it didn't even really seem like Stevie kind of shied away from it. She doesn't seem like an introvert to me. She just never seemed to have the opportunity to make the friends. The opportunity or even like the inclination to make herself do it. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. she'd get too busy or in her head. And it didn't seem like she got along too well with her co- colleagues at CERN when she was working yeah. at CERN. So she didn't have, you know, a friend group there. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think that, but being told to do something like make it a priority is mm-hmm. a different different case. And so then she seems to be prioritizing it. The one thing I would have liked to see for Stevie is that it seems like, you know, part of the struggle from the first book and into the second book is she doesn't really have control over her shifting when she mm. gets mm-hmm. when she spirals anxiety wise and if she gets afraid she'll just shift without control I really expected that throughout this book Shen to work with her on that to the point where then she has full control like yeah. she now just shifts when she wants to at will and doesn't when you know she doesn't want to I but maybe that'll come in other books but I'd like to see because that really would be that's where the end goal for her is to yeah. be that controlled where she's not worried about because right now she doesn't like herself when she shifts yeah. and she doesn't want to well, do it she's afraid and she hurts people and she I mean like that's a point of the the episode <laughs> yes. was that she actually was thinking about getting genetically altered so that she didn't she couldn't shift anymore mm-hmm. which is I mean everybody was just like what what no why the fuck would you even consider doing mm-hmm. that that's not it's not a good thing so she got captured and then she got rescued and stuff like that but I mean yeah I think I would have liked to see that too because that whole scene <laughs> Where she had fucking Blaine Blaine in her mouth, like a fucking chew toy for a ginormous cat. Mm-hmm. That was terrifying to me. I just kept thinking about big fucking Cheshire cat because yes. she is adorable yes. in the middle of a big ballroom or wherever they were just playing with a human. I know. And I was like, that's terrifying because she had her in her teeth and like her tail was all yeah. flying around. And it was just. Well, I think I struggled with her size. She was huge. She was huge. But I don't have a concept of what two tons looks like. That's true. I don't So I think I was picturing way bigger than she probably was. Like, I could not decide how much bigger than a human she was. I was thinking, like, really big elephant. Okay. Maybe a little bit bigger. Picturing, like... A size of a house. I mean, I was like <laughs> literally confused, and I was like, 
Clifford, yeah, Clifford is, yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like I just cannot get a handle on how big she is because these the the measurements that they use don't mean anything to me. Tons literally means nothing to me. I have no frame of reference for what the fuck a ton is. Yeah, yeah. You can have two tons of pennies, and it would be like not that big. I mean, it would be a big pile, but it wouldn't be as big as a fucking big big Clifford. I don't know what it would be. (laughs) I don't know. It's crazy. So, I can't tell. But it did seem like at times it felt like she was so big she could, like, toss the human around. No, she, yeah. That's what But then I'm also like, like, she has to be more, you know, she's bigger than a... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. (laughs) It was very confusing. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You got the imagery of her, like, literally toying with a human. A human. That she's just, like, tossing around and... But luckily, she was a shifter, too. <coughs> Blaine is a hybrid as well. So she doesn't get in. I mean, she gets injured, but she doesn't. She recovers quickly. She's just standing there and her bones are snapping back yeah, together. And they're just, <laughs> but also, I think, wasn't Stevie, like, cognitive? Like, she knew she was. Or Not was she feral? Pretty much in that in that moment. So when she, she was shifted into a tiger, she was an animal. She wasn't. In the beginning. Oh, okay. She is more aware of herself at the when she shifts at the end because she shifts intentionally because she's captured and she's trying to get right. out and she doesn't the only one she hurts at the end well she hurts all of the guards yeah and then uh the bad guy the bad guy the jared or whatever i don't, know. <laughs> I I don't, his don't name james. even know his well, let's just name him all james matt's brother <laughs> <laughs> you remember his brother's name because she made a big deal out of it his name is matthew and when he, they went on the date he kept saying no it's actually matthew she's like oh hi matt it's good to see you oh. again and he's like it's it's matthew stevie it's matthew I she's like that. oh really matt is that <laughs> it <laughs> Okay, so, I think I remember that. Yeah. Part. I do like that uh, all the girls' names are, like, they're Charlie, Max, oh, and Stevie. We said that in the, the first so episode. so cool. I love, yeah, the, I love the androgynous, mm-hmm. the, like, you know, masculine, feminine names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it's good. It's uh, just all of it, you know. A couple of the characters are, there's a lesbian couple, there's, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the book's very progressive in, like, it's very themes of, you know... It's the way society should be recognizing people in general by not recognizing, like, just not, not recognizing, just letting them be and not having it be such a taboo or such a mm-hmm. cliche or like, you know, because Oriana goes through something and she's just like the perfect ballerina, but, you know, she's mm-hmm. the cliche fucking ballerina. But everybody here is just, it should just be what it is and just be just people. people. Are you a nice person or an uh, asshole? Right. Just really. Because <laughs> like, that really seems to be where the line really yeah. is. Like, <laughs> bad people or good people <laughs> yeah so everything else is not important right not at all so um what else talk about we would talk about the father and his assholery no so we, I, I mean we can we could talk quickly about how he forgot that he had daughters i don't think he forgot for a fucking second no 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 no, no. i think he like, oh he did it on purpose he intentionally was an <laughs> asshole so they're at their uncle's funeral, their mm-hmm. great uncle's funeral, and no one could believe that their father showed up. Yeah. Because he literally owes half the family money. Mm-hmm. He, no one likes him. Mm-hmm. His own daughters fucking hate they him. They want to kill him. Most of them want to kill him for some reason or other. He's stolen from most of the family or, or fucked him over one way or another. So no one believed he'd show up and he fucking shows up and he tries to sit with them and they're like, fuck you. <laughs> and so then at the end, the brother calls for like, oh, if anyone wants to come say a few words about Uncle Pete, that'd be nice. 
And he stands up and proceeds to give a speech about how the greatest thing about Pete was that he had sons. Yep. And all a man needs is sons to leave his legacy, to have his you know, sons. What a wonderful thing. Oh, I don't have any sons. I have no children. His three daughters are sitting in the fucking church. And the whole family is like... Like, they're staring at the girls like, uh... Are you fucking... Because, like, that was something that I liked in this book. Because in the previous book, it seemed like nobody in the family liked the girls. That's what I thought, too. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we learn a little bit more in this book. Really, they just don't like Freddie. Right. And so the girls are almost, like, ostracized... Because of their dad. Sign- yeah, because of him. But now a lot... You know, they helped out their cousin a lot more. She had the wedding and everything. Mm-hmm. So the ants are, like, kind of on better terms with the girls, and, you know, they've done some work for their uncles and stuff like that. So everyone's feeling a little bit more generous towards them. And then the father shows up and treats them like shit in front of the family, yeah. and they're like, oh, <laughs> shit, he's a total, he like, really he knew he was an asshole, but we kind of tarred them with his brush, and mm-hmm. now we can see how he's treated them their whole lives. Yep. And can go, fuck off. Yeah, so I like that because a lot of the, the cousins and stuff come to their defense and yeah. like, oh, <laughs> so many people got hit by cars in this book. I know. <laughs> yeah, he got hit by a car. Who else got hit by a car? Someone else. Gross uncle who grabbed, or cousin, whatever his name was, who grabbed Max's uh, ass. Yes. Because <laughs> Charlie was like tilting her head. Or was it Charlie or Max? That was tilting their head to listen for the car coming and then hit him right at the time. Charlie kicked him out, the door out of the door into a semi. <laughs> so cool. But yeah, she, I love yeah. it. So like a lot of the honey badgers got hit by cars. <laughs> Apparently, if you're an asshole male honey badger, you're going to get kicked Girls are going to kick you in front of cars. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, no, I think uh, there was just so much, like, you know, I think we've said it a couple times, but the family dynamics in this book are really fun. Yeah. And and I love that. Like like you said, it was hard to tell if the family it were it really did seem like the family didn't like them at all. Mm-hmm. Like they were kind of shunned or whatever. Even with the grandpa from the first book and stuff. But in this one, you do learn that like the grandpa actually loved them, and the rest of the badgers are just like, oh, you guys aren't assholes. It's just your dad. Your dad's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's extreme, obviously, because these are most of the cousins are criminals of some sort. Yeah. And, so they're not a hundred percent like it's. Extreme extreme relationships but it also does feel very much like family dynamic yeah <laughs> like the way when a like big group real. of family gets together and you're just like man some of these people suck. <laughs> and you're like and that's the <sighs> uncle you gotta watch out for mm-hmm. and like, you know it's just it was fun it's a fun book yeah i like it so so maybe we would recommend you read it. I yourself. highly recommend it. I would go back and read it. Read as a it po- I just don't yeah. think, I do not think you get the experience that Shelley would have wanted to from mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. audiobook, which is a shame because I got it in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy Odom did a yeah, fantastic did. job. So yeah, we should now do our kiss and tell. Okay. So in this book, Stevie sort of meets up with, well, not sort of, she meets up with her ex-boyfriend who is... Matt. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matthew now. Um, (laughs) And they'd been, they were together, what, six, eight years ago? Six years. When she was 18, so that would have been six years because she's 24 now. Yeah. For six months. For six months. So they were together for a very, very short time. And he was a dick then. He's still a dick now. Very pompous. Very, what's the word when you're too masculine? Like, (laughs) is there there a word for, like, chauvinist? Chauvinist. He was a chauvinist. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. He was too <laughs> chauvinist, and so... Yeah, no, he, they, they had a bad relationship where they mm-hmm. fought a lot. He liked her because she was a genius mm-hmm. and was good enough to date him. Like, like he liked showing her off. But he also simultaneously did not think women could actually be scientists. Right. So here's this fucking prodigy who's had a doctorate, I think, since she was 14. And she's 18 at the time that he's dating her, has a couple of doctorates by that point. She Mm -hmm. has more now. But he also just doesn't think she can do science because she's inherently a woman. Yep. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know how she didn't kill him back then. She had a good reply to his retort, though, about just because of, oh, I can't even repeat it, but it was really good. (laughs) So he's, so she sets up a fake meeting. Well, it's a real meeting. She fakes wanting to meet him to yeah. maybe work for his company his, his, or his lab. He has he's running a science lab now. A science lab. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's the lamest thing I've ever said. With beakers. <laughs> science lab. And he's running a bioengineering soda. lab. <laughs> Because he's a bioengineer, so he's got a bioengineering lab. And she's she's floating the idea that maybe she's looking to move from CERN uh-huh. and looking for other jobs. And uh, since they know each other, she said, let's meet. And he's like, well, I don't know what my bioengineering lab would do with a theoretical physicist. Because that's the degree she had when uh-huh. they were dating and what she's doing at CERN, apparently. And she's just like, you know, smiles at him until he's like, oh, do you have a, engin- a bioengineering <laughs> degree? And she's like, yeah. I got my PhD yeah. last, like four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's like, so he kind of like taken aback by that because he didn't know it. And then he says, well, you haven't changed. You're not, or I can't believe you aren't even, or when did he say? Something about she hasn't changed at all. She's not any more humble now than she used to be. Uh. Something about humble or, or, or something. Yeah. And she's like, why would I be? I have to deal with assholes like you all the time who don't think I should be able to do science because I have a fucking pussy and a and <laughs> and tit. Tits. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's like, my armor is my confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, I am self-assured because I have to be. Yeah. yeah. And I just, that was great. That it was, was a good. really good part. It was really, really good. So, our kids and tell yeah. <laughs> is about, it's really easy. It's just going to be about our shortest relationship and our longest relationship yeah. because they were together for six months. Six months is a really short relationship, but it's enough to know that uh, but it, he was an asshole. But it seems to be like a lot is, of old shit is being hung on this relationship yeah. for such a short relationship such yeah. a long time ago. Like, like it wasn't like a year for- or two that they had been together and they had no. a lot of history. It, it was six months of six years ago and like he's still trying to impress her yeah. and like that's why he meets with her because he wants to be like I'm so cool uh-huh. and she still seems to be hung up well not she's not hung up on him I don't think no it didn't but seem like that there's something I don't know there was something in the book about it that just felt like once I put together that it was only six months and it was six years ago I was like oh why why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he I, he seems much more fucked up by it yeah like he is pissed because she broke up with him well she stabbed him in the face with a fork. <laughs> Why would you ever agree to meet a person <laughs> who broke up with you by stabbing him in the face with a fork? Like six years later, that if I well, would still be pissed, I would absolutely not speak to that I person. I'd be like, no fucking way! You no. stabbed me in the face with a fork. I'm never seeing no. you again as long as I live. <laughs> <laughs> don't funny. stab people with forks even if they are assholes that is still domestic violence and it's bad I mean... no matter who's doing the stabbing <laughs> does not matter so oh um yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's 
shortest thing that I would actually classify as a relationship was like a year. Oh. I don't have anything I would classify relationship-wise shorter than that. Okay, so you're... Okay, I see what... So that you would actually consider a true relationship. A true relationship. Okay. Where it was like declared yeah. and feelings were involved. Yeah, and not just, <clears throat> you know, sex or something. Right. Okay. That's my... Sh- I don't have a lot of short ones because I'm pretty serial monogamist. Yeah. Uh, I want to say maybe like seven months mm-hmm. for me, but I was young, like really young. Mm-hmm. My feelings were involved. Yeah. Well, but when you're young, everything's it's always more feelings <laughs> way more intense. Um, feelings, yeah. And so they can be shorter, but feel very, very so powerful. <laughs> It was still magical. Yeah, I think seven months for me, and obviously my longest is now at <laughs> 16, 17 years. I don't even know yeah. <laughs> anymore what it is, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't. It'll, we, I think we have been together for 16, 17 years, but married. We'll be married 16 year, years next year. Nice. So would it be 18 years instead of 17 years? I don't know. I don't do math. You guys know this. I don't know this. I, Why I, would I know this? <laughs> Why would Okay. So Yeah. Uh my longest is current and it's three years. Yeah, I would say. Coming on three. Coming on three. So in November. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the sex was so good in this one, but I just couldn't think of... It was hard to keep up with this one. There was a lot going on. And I just... I I couldn't find a plot, and I couldn't find really what the... the book was about but it's still good all right so and then since we love shen and all pandas we wanted our fun fuck fact to be about pandas yay pandas (laughs) so we learned a couple of things about pandas and their sexual reproduction turns out that pandas have a hard enough time reproducing in the wild (laughs) that they're struggling a lot in captivity. <laughs> so in China, panda carers have developed panda porn. <laughs> it's the fucking best. <laughs> so they show the pandas porn. They show the pandas other pandas having sex. And then that makes them want to have sex. <laughs> they also do sex exercises with the men because the male pandas are very lazy. All pandas are very lazy. <laughs> Because they literally cannot move very much or they'll burn more calories than they consume. There's no calories in, in bamboo. bamboo. <laughs> it's a pretty cal- low-cal diet. So they have to eat a lot and not move very much. Mm-hmm. And so they're not very strong in their legs. So they hold fruit out in front of the men <laughs> right out of their reach so it makes them stand up and do like leg exercises so that they have stronger legs for fucking... <laughs> Oh my god, it's so cool. Fuck yes. I love that so much. Oh, it made me so happy to learn. They should not be in existence right now. Um, I mean, they if, sh- I mean, if you go by true survival of the fittest <laughs> yes, philosophy. that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, pandas are not very fit. <laughs> they're just, they have no, they're just like useless. I mean, I, obviously I don't want them to be extinct. No, I want pandas. like a billion more pandas there to be in the world. I would way rather more, have them. More than people. Yes. They're way better more. than they're people. Way, they were more better than people. But they have no purpose. Mm. Like there's just, I don't even know where they are. I mean, I guess they would be somewhere on the food 
change because they have strength. They are strong. And they're not even really bears, are they? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. I don't I think they are bears. Are they? I think I heard somewhere they weren't actually bears. I think koalas aren't bears. Koalas are marsupials. Yeah, but they're called koala bears. <laughs> but they're not real bears. You know what? I don't think pandas are bears. They wouldn't. They aren't like any other bear. No, there are. Uh... What are they like, though? I don't know. But they. <laughs> Sorry. They're fun. I love them. But yes, they don't make a lot of sense in terms of their ability to produce their own species. For like example, panda ladies are only fertile three days a year. (laughs) So that's a very small window. They're solitary. So they have to like, in the wild, it's hard enough for them to go find other pandas the three days that they're fucking <laughs> like oh i gotta get pregnant. i gotta get a, get a baby and then they typically only have one pup one baby mm-hmm. and the cub is one nine hundredth uh, the size of its mother which is the so... biggest ratio of mom to baby in it's, the mammal world it's insane that is nuts <laughs> that they are that tiny. They, yeah. How about you just gestate a little bit I longer? think that that's part of their yeah, issue. right. Because <laughs> they only just... They're, like, so lazy. They don't even want to be pregnant for that like, long. Get I'm out of me, baby. being pregnant now. <laughs> <laughs> it probably goes back to their poor calorie diet. Oh, probably. If they ate more food, they could probably... Maybe they should work on that. <laughs> Maybe I wonder they if they can should. change the panda's diets, and that would help them out. How are they so chubby, and all they eat is bamboo? They're the cutest, chubby They're so fucking adorable. And they are actually bears. I just looked it up. Oh, did you? At some point, they thought maybe they were part of the raccoon family, but they are actually bears. Are red pandas part of the raccoon family? or? Pa- I think that's probably why they thought, because... Because they look way more like raccoons. They have long yeah, tails. Yeah. And little raccoon faces. They're cute. They are cute. I love red pandas, but this is why we don't know. We didn't name things properly. (laughs) (laughs) We can't go around naming things willy-nilly, guys. (laughs) Uh, Red pandas are actually part of the raccoon family. Okay, so they need to get a different name than panda. Yeah. Can we call them red raccoons? Why can't they be? They they don't look like pandas. (laughs) They don't. I don't even know why. Shifu looks like a raccoon, and Poe is a panda. Poe is definitely a panda. Is Shifu a red panda? Yeah, he's a red panda. Is he red? Yeah, he's a red panda. But is his coloring red? Yes! Shifu is... Or is he white? No, I'm confused. Oh, I don't know. Shifu's a red panda. Okay. Well, he does definitely... He's more white, but he is a red panda. Oh, he is! Okay, because he's he's got the gray head. I think that's why I didn't think he was a red panda. (laughs) I don't think I ever realized what he was. He never did. He was just this little cartoon character. He's Dustin Hoffman. Like, that's what he is. (laughs) I didn't even know that. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so pandas, um, they struggle, but China's come a long way. They figured it out. They got the pa- they got the panda porn. They got the men doing <laughs> leg exercises for stamina. And apparently, only panda porn only works in China. Yes, not so far. Successful. So far, they're the Elsewhere. only place that has successfully used panda porn to <laughs> get pandas to mate. The rest of the world is struggling with it, but that's okay. <laughs> the Chinese can do it. They also now dress up as pandas, so the pandas only see pandas. Because that was the other problem. Is that They didn't know how to mimic. or They were yeah, just seeing humans, all the yeah. one, captive ones. Mm-hmm. All the ones that were born captive were only seeing humans. Mm-hmm. And so then they put them in the wild and they didn't know how to do panda yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So now... <laughs> 
Now all of the panda caretakers dress in panda costumes covered in panda scent. Oh, so which cool. would be disgusting. But <laughs> I would do it. But then, so now the pandas, because they've released them into the wild now. They're trying to repopulate yeah. the wild, and yeah. they don't want ba- even worse pandas. Pandas would think they're fucking humans. Sissy pandas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't want neat sissy pandas. So, they? yeah. So they've come a long way. They've been working on it. They're going to fix them, I think. They'll, they'll single-handedly bring pandas back. Uh, th- I hope they overpopulate this world, because humans aren't doing anything good for it. No, I'd much rather see pandas yeah. rule the world. Yeah. It would be awesome. <laughs> just be the s- slowest be planet the- of people just their animals just sitting there eating yeah, bamboo and sleeping all they're doing and no fucking no fucking <laughs> only for three days of the year <laughs> that's so crazy that's so and awesome. it's it's just nonsense why oh, is that a thing the best so guys that was that yeah um overall what do you rate in a badger way so i think st- Story-wise, I'm going to give this a... Oh. Can you pull it up? Yep. (laughs) So, overall, I think I'm going to give it a sizzling six. And the sex, I'm going to give a super squishy eight. Because I liked the sex a lot in this book. I thought Mm -hmm. they were described very well. They were very cute. I love both Shen and Stevie. Um, I mean, we didn't mention it yet, but Stevie's first, like, introduction to to Shen was, like, she jumped on him naked and was like, I'm attacking, or I'm throwing myself at you. Yeah. By literally getting naked and throwing herself on him. She did. (laughs) Over his shoulder. She literally did. I mean, throughout the whole book, she's just attached to him. Like, she's just literally crawling all over him and just, like, on his back and onto his shoulders and just everywhere. But... Their yeah. first sexual togetherness, they yeah. she <laughs> she was naked and she's jumped like, on him. I've, I've learned that the best way to get a man's attention is naked. And he's like, okay. Oh, oh okay. Yeah? Yeah, and, uh-huh. it, and it worked. <laughs> and it worked. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I'll give but they this were a, fun, sexy scenes. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'll give this a six and a neat. Okay. I will give the story a seven and the sex a super squishy eight. I just like the story. I think I still am really attached to these stories. Mm-hmm. And I put in the effort to get past this narrator because I listened to this book twice. <laughs> yeah, you And did. went back and listened to the first book because I was like, I know I like these books. What yeah. is going on here? And yeah, so I, I really do still like the story and I'm interested to see where it goes and where the characters go. And mm-hmm. hopefully next year we'll be doing the third book. <laughs> we'll be doing the third book and hopefully it'll be with the a sassy Max narrator, if it's going to be. I mean, I don't know who else it would be. It's got to be Max, but... It's got to be Max. We're just making up our own whatever. We're just so. assuming. Yeah. I mean, it could. It was easy to tell from the first book that the next book was going to be about Stevie mm-hmm. and, and Shen, because yeah. they were introduced in the first book, and she kept petting him and making his dick hard, and I was like, <laughs> all right, that's next. <laughs> no indication no. of Max in this book. Like, we no. have no idea. So, I don't know. It's crazy. It's hard. It is hard. She's a difficult character. I like her. I went with Max, but but she's going to be hard to get to. I think so, too. To break through that shell. But yeah, so like, yeah, I like it. Seven, eight, you know, you're six, eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good book. Read it. Maybe don't listen to this narrator. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Or if you do, you may like it better than we did. You know, whatever. It all works. We're we're supporting Shelly and her stories here. So whichever way you get it. 
is how you're going to get it. So yeah, it's all good. So on to our next book, or actually two books. We're reading two, are they considered novellas? Yes. Okay. Two novellas from two authors that we met at the Denver Pop Culture Con this year. And they're two stories from the Vampire Brides series. From Midnight Coven. Yeah, from the Midnight Coven. Which (laughs) is a group of authors who have gotten together and I think there's 12. But they, as a group, decided to write novellas on a theme each year. Last year, they just finished this series of books about vampire brides. So all of them wrote one book. They aren't like, they're not a series in terms of they don't, the stories don't tie together or connected or anything. They're just all novellas about vampire brides. And then next, they're getting ready to start Vampire Mates. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I think that's they the next They are doing one. a different series. They're doing a different one. They're starting new, yes, a new idea for next. So it's yeah. just this, you know, 12 unique authors who are all kind of putting their spin on mm-hmm. these short novellas and they're coming out with really cool covers and really like, you know. The new. covers are beautiful. Beautiful. So uh, we should probably see which ones we're reading. Yes. So we're, re- <laughs> we're reading. Don't read all 12. We're only reading <laughs> I mean, two. Yeah. For this <laughs> Perfect for, for the podcast. But we're only going to read two. We are going to read the rest of them. We are going to read Forever Still by Corinne O'Flynn and Forever Blood. Is that that's there are not three O's in blood. <laughs> blood. Blood. Forever Blood by Lisa <laughs> Manifold, which we met at Denver Pop Culture Con this year, and they were super awesome. <laughs> I really yes. enjoyed them. They were so cool. So, um, so yeah. So we're going to read those two. Yep. And um, hopefully you guys will follow along with that. And yeah, come back next episode yeah. for that. And in the meantime, please reach out to us on all social media at shdirtybooks. That's sh with three H's. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And go to our website at shdirtybooks.com. And find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you would find podcasts. Yep. However you listen to this episode. Yeah. And uh, thank, thank you, you, Jim Townsend, for your music. Yes. And um, that was it. Okay. All right. Bye, bye, guys. Bye, bye. 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 <laughs> You've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Salette. Be sure to tune in to the next episode with some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.